Welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh, a place to chow down on topics relevant to writers of all kinds. Hello, and welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh. I'm Marissa. And this is a weekly podcast in which I talk about a wide variety of writing-related topics, usually by myself, but sometimes I have a guest. That's not the case today, although I'm hoping to have some guests on again soon. It's been a while. I'm an introvert, and it's really kind of easy for me to get caught up in doing research and writing up a script and talking into a mic once a week, but I do enjoy talking to people. That's almost become a joke lately. A lot of us have been in a state of semi-quarantine for so long that we get excited when we have the opportunity to talk to another real-life human being. But writing has always been seen as something solitary. That's why finding the Twitter writing community last year was so eye-opening for me. In general, the writers I've met there are some of the most supportive people I've ever met. It's as if the majority of writers there acknowledge that we all have a common goal, no matter how different our individual aspirations really are. So when a writer has a question, The vast majority of the responses I see there are extremely helpful. Also, a lot of people there realize that it can be hard to stay motivated every day, either because the words aren't flowing like they normally do, or maybe just because we're not feeling up to doing much of anything. Try telling the people with whom you interact in person on a daily basis that you're not feeling up to something. They'll probably say something like, snap out of it. Who wants to hear that? So it's been wonderful to see writers from all walks of life encouraging each other on Twitter. There was another pit mad this past Thursday. And even though I didn't pitch anything, most of the writing I've been doing lately has gone into this podcast. I retweeted a bunch of other people's pitches. And if I'd been able to spend more time on Twitter that day, I'd have retweeted even more. I genuinely enjoy helping people out and getting a glimpse of some of the pitches I've seen. So many people have such great ideas. If anyone who's listening participated in PitMad, I really hope some agents and editors have reached out to you. And if you have no idea what a PitMad is, I'll be posting some information in the notes for this episode. So who knows? Maybe you'll want to participate in the next one which I believe is December 3rd. Anyway, I originally considered doing a shorter, lighter show this week because this weekend is Labor Day weekend in the States. And even though I very much enjoy doing research for my podcast topics, not that I'm doing graduate school level research or anything of that ilk. I mean, I haven't used JSTOR once since I started doing this podcast, which is kind of sad because I loved JSTOR when I was in school, and something that I think is fantastic, JSTOR now makes a lot of its content available to the public, 
Anyway, getting back to Labor Day and the amount of research that I normally do in planning an episode, I thought it might be nice to give myself a bit of a break this week. But let's face it, with the pandemic, Labor Day looks very different than usual this year for a lot of us. So a number of people may not be able to celebrate or feel like celebrating as they normally do. Although if anyone is celebrating this Labor Day, please, please, please wear your mask and distance and don't do anything like drink and drive either. But my heart goes out to people who are having it hard right now. And when I feel like this, I really want to put something positive into the world. This podcast is a good way for me to do that. So this week, I'm going to talk about something I think about a lot in relation to writing, of course, but also to a lot of other things. I feel like it's a dilemma that surrounds us all the time, and we're often forced to choose between one and the other. So it doesn't surprise me when I find out a lot of us, writers and non-writers alike, are sometimes confused about what to prioritize, quality or quantity. In putting this episode together, I initially was thinking of treating writing as one of a shrinking number of areas that we normally associate more with quality than with quantity. But the more I thought about it, the less I realized that this is the case. It is rather easy to assign quantities to how much you write, either by trying to write a certain amount of words every day, or a poem per day, or assigning yourself a goal, like you'll write a novel in one year, or in a month, if you participate in NaNoWriMo. There are also plenty of times when structures larger than you are more than happy to do the assigning for you. For example, in some contexts, such as freelance writing and academia, well, we've all heard that phrase, publish or perish. Also, there are times when you may be assigned a minimum number of words that a piece of writing needs to include, such as for a school essay. And in other cases, you may be asked to adhere to rather strict word limits, such as when you're submitting an article to an online journal or a story to a writing contest. It may be important to know how long your work is purely for spatial considerations in whatever publication is planning to run your piece. So there are plenty of valid reasons for us to remain cognizant of quantity when we write. But I think what I want to say is just because you can put a quantity on what you're writing doesn't mean you need to do it all the time. And if you're thinking something that's 500 pages long is of better quality than, say, a 50-page story, simply because it's longer, you may be mistaken. Sometimes 500 pages or more are needed, and other times 50 pages or maybe even much less works just fine. I believe that what you're writing usually lets you know at some point how long it needs to be, or maybe wants to be. And if the writing is going well, you will usually know when it's time to stop. Or at least, 
when to end the draft you're working on. Who knows? Maybe when you go back and edit, you'll end up adding something you never thought of the first time around. Or rewrite something that maybe you didn't explain as much as you should have in the first draft. That kind of thing often happens. And it can make your final draft longer than your first draft. Even if you ended up editing out some other stuff along the way. And when it does, a writer can be pleasantly surprised. So, although it's not accurate to say that quantity doesn't have a significant relationship with writing, writers shouldn't let a desire for a particular quantity to stand in the way of creating something that's of good quality. Of course, that can be an intimidating thought. If we hold this image in our minds of what the great American novels should look like, we're setting a pretty high bar for ourselves. And if we can never achieve that type of goal, we can easily become discouraged. But I try to look at this desire for quality in a much more positive light. Basically, a focus on quality means that what we produce doesn't need to be judged on the basis of how long it is, or how many words it consists of. I've devoted an episode each to two types of writing known for not being long, haiku and flash fiction. And I believe I said in those episodes that being able to write something so short is a valuable skill. It can be much easier, in fact, to churn out words just for the sake of churning out words than it is to write something that packs a punch in a short period of time. The irony is that sometimes when we do that, meaning turn out words, it's because we really don't know what to say. So we overcompensate by throwing everything we can think of against the wall and seeing what sticks. So then why is it so easy for so many of us, myself included, to get caught up in the quantity of what we're writing, that we run the risk of letting quality fall by the wayside? I think it's understandable. In modern American society, at least, a lot of us have been raised to believe that producing a higher word or page count means we're more efficient and dedicated, and that producing less, that must mean we're slackers, right? Another thing that I think is common in modern society is that people tend to be less comfortable with things they can't measure. And if you can't assign a numerical value to something, how can you measure it? For example, all three of Donna Tartt's novels are extremely well written. And her most recent work, The Goldfinch, which actually came out in 2013, so it's not all that recent, won a Pulitzer Prize for fiction. However, no matter how impressive that Pulitzer might sound to you, Think for a moment about how many books, novels, and story collections Stephen King's written since 1992, the year that Donna Tartt's first novel, The Secret History, came out. By my count, at least according to Wikipedia, Stephen King's released 42 books since 1992. I may be off by a few, but whether I am or not, 
it's still a lot of books. In this light, you may wonder, how good can Donna Tartt really be as a writer? In other words, since Tartt obviously isn't competing with King in the quantity department, how would her three books stack up quality-wise against the, and I'm sorry in advance if I mispronounce this, oeuvre of someone like King? I think there's an answer to this type of question, but it might not be obvious. If we've thought for years and years that more is more, we may have to retrain our brains to figure it out. But I think that's okay. My answer is, why should we measure Donna Tartt against Stephen King? They're two entirely different people with two distinctive styles and ways of writing, and each of them is very good at what they do and how they do it. So more than anything, I think we really should just appreciate both on their own terms. What I'm very concerned about on a societal level is that it seems like a lot of us are becoming less and less capable of and here I'm going to paraphrase something former presidential candidate Julian Castro said during one of the Democratic debates. Walking and chewing gum at the same time. I mean by that that we're frequently expected to choose between doing one or the other, or liking one or the other, when much of the time it's entirely possible for us to do both or like both. Going back to quantity, maybe taking a stand when it's not necessary makes it easier for us to be counted and therefore measured. But I'm trying to tell you that not taking a stand in this case doesn't necessarily make us wishy-washy. In the case of liking both Stephen King and Donna Tartt, I think it just means you're a complex reader with a rich imagination. That said, if you're a Tart fan but genuinely can't stomach King, nothing against his writing but some people just don't like horror, or say if you love King but maybe you fell asleep before you finished the first chapter of The Goldfinch, again, nothing against Donna Tart, but I remember think the first ch chapter took place in a museum and, you know, some people are not into art. That's okay, too. After all, people have different tastes. Going back to quality, that just emphasizes more that it can't be measured. So maybe we should stop feeling uncomfortable about not having a more concrete way of measuring it. So I guess what I've realized is that Quantity does have an important relationship to writing, for the simple reason that, as Ray Bradbury has said, quote, quantity produces quality. If you only write a few things, you're doomed, unquote. Writing more can make you a better writer, just like practicing anything more often will make you better at whatever your chosen pursuit is. Also, a lot of people need structure in their lives, and they may need to set a numerical goal every day to stay motivated to do whatever they need to do. 
I totally get that. I'm just trying to tell you that you don't need to reduce yourself or your work to the quantitative goals you set for yourself. And if for some reason you can't meet your daily goal of, say, 500 or 1,000 words, don't be too hard on yourself. If you spend two hours staring at a blank screen and finally produce one good paragraph, and now you're exhausted, that might be enough, especially if it's a really, really good paragraph. Granted, I don't think it's possible for some of us to produce a great paragraph, let alone a great couple of pages, every time we open our laptops. But that doesn't mean we can't aim to write at our highest level when we do it. But if we're having one of those days when we know we're not capable of writing our best, maybe it's okay to take a break from writing altogether and binge on Netflix. Or maybe, if we really need to get it out, we can do it in a journal or in a letter we have no intention of sending. And if we're having that kind of day, we shouldn't judge ourselves too harshly. To me, it's better to acknowledge that the muse may have left the building, so to speak, than to try to force the words out for the sake of forcing them out. Clearing our heads from time to time helps us put things in perspective and create space for good ideas to settle in and make themselves at home. Once we become more comfortable getting to know these visitors, which we probably won't have time to do if we're too busy churning out uninspired pages of stuff, we're more likely to produce high-quality writing that we can be proud of. On that note, I don't want to start churning out crap solely for the sake of making this podcast episode longer. I hope I've inspired you to think about the roles quantity and quality play in your writing, and maybe find the balance that works for you. Either way, let me know. Email me at marissadelefarfalle at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at at marissad13, and on Instagram at marissadf13. I'd also really appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, as it'll help a lot more people find out about this show. Until next time, thanks so much for all your kind words, constructive feedback, and support. I really hope my discussion didn't get too convoluted. I'm kind of out of practice talking about concepts like quality and quantity in the abstract, but I think there are relevant ones for a lot of us. So I'm really glad if anything I said has helped you gain some new perspective in case you need to consider quality and quantity in relation to your own work in the near future. Stay safe, take care of yourselves, and peace out. This podcast has been brought to you by Anchor, which is the easiest way to make a podcast. Go to anchor.fm for more info.